thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for choosing to hang out with us. Um, there's lots of podcasts to choose from, but you chose to spend some time with us. Thank you for that. Um, our po- our podcast is called um, I Hate It Here. Yes, we voted on that name and it won. I Hate It Here. <laughs> I Hate It Here podcast. Um, it We are super excited because it is our pilot episode and it's episode number one, you know, one day when we look back on, you know, we're at episode 100, I mean 500 and we come back to episode one, you know, we're going to laugh about it and, you know, joke about, you know, all of our growth and, and everything. And we appreciate that you were here from day one. So thank you to all of our day ones. Um, we really, really, truly appreciate it. Um, we're the podcast that turns venting with best friends into an explore, exploration of life for anyone who is hungry for culture, facts, direction, upliftment, and love. I'll be your host, Mo to the, G to the, Mahogany. Yes, baby, it's Mahogany Locks. Leading the pack. And joining us tonight is our music historian, who is the definition of Chicago Blackness, the favorite. What's up, Faith? Hey, y'all, this is your one only and your favorite. And if I ain't your favorite, hopefully by the end of this episode, I become one of your favorites. Period, period, period. But just so you know, the host is always the favorite. So um, I beg to differ because remember that time y'all was fighting over me and I said <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> you be bringing up old stuff like this. Anyway, also online with us tonight. The man that knows just about everything about everything, Mr. Google himself, Facts. What's good, Facts? What's going on, ladies? How y'all doing? We all right. How are you doing? He all, you know, he the one cock that's always in the hen, the, you know, with the hens chilling with us. You know, what's going on, Facts? How are you? Always surrounded by women. You must live a good life. I live a very blessed life. Yeah, how you handling always hanging with the women though? Like, what, 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 what is that like? <laughs> it's always a trip. <laughs> yeah, well, good luck to you, sir. Um, also joining us tonight, she's not online yet. I guess she'll pop in eventually. Our spiritual sister, uh, where Jesus, Sage, and trap music meet and intertwine, Miss Bunny, Bunny Jones. She'll be coming in with us later, I guess. Um, but we can't forget about our other two members who we love dearly, we miss, and we can't wait to talk to y'all again. Um, our favorite no nonsense Scorpio, Miss Shay Rain, and Artsy Fartsy D Brown. So we'll we look forward to hearing from them in you know later episodes. They won't be with us tonight, but we miss y'all so much. So again, thank you for hanging out with us, but I just want to start by saying, you know, when we go back and we, you know, try to remember what episode one was like, honey, listen, the snow, the snow is what it's like right now. The snow is ridiculous. Okay. Now I'm not from Chicago. I'm, I'm a Detroiter. Okay. Just so you know, you saw now being from Detroit, the winters there are pretty horrible. They, they really are, right? Now, Chicago got us on the wind, of course, you know. The wind is real serious here. It will cut you like a razor. But, the snow is usually really bad in Detroit. And I, when I moved to Chicago, I definitely used to always make fun of my Detroiter family and friends. 
and they would be like, oh, you think you all that? Because to me, Chicago winners, it was, I mean, other than the win, I was like, shit ain't that bad. But I've learned that in the six years I've been here, honey, we've been getting lucky because this weekend, this past two weeks has been horrible. Okay? Horrible. And Detroit ain't get any snow. Like, they were laughing at me now. So I feel like it's kind of like karma. You know, it don't feel good. Yeah, how do y'all been feeling about this? I mean, I just feel like it's piling on and on and on. It won't even give us a chance to like get our lives together before it snows again. Like, well, how y'all feeling? Is it just me? I mean, I was in college when snowmageddon happened ten years ago, so you know, I if if this was gonna happen, I'd rather be back in college again. We had snowball fights and people snowboarding down. The Cab Avenue, or not the Cab Avenue? I'm sorry. Uh, what's that street? Uh, this was the main street. Uh, Annie Glidden. Annie Glidden. People was snowboarding down Annie Glidden from car- being pulled by cars. So, yeah, I I rather deal with it then. I mean, at least at then I didn't have to shovel any snow. Uh, what about you? Now, see, I wasn't here during the snowmageddon. Can somebody tell the people who not from Chicago what the snowmageddon was all about? Well, I was born and raised in Chicago, but when Snowmageddon happened, I was away at school. I was in the middle of nowhere, Kansas, you know, where there's no place like home. There's no place like home, right? But I didn't have the red heels. I had on, you know, the red ones because, you know, I'm just hood ratchet like that. But (laughs) But anyway, first of all, before I even get into Snowmageddon, let me tell you something. These Chicago winners will bring out the Hunger Games and people. Can we touch no, for on, real? Can we touch on this Diaz parking situation? Can we? Touch Let's on do that? it because can you know people it? from the people from Detroit. Like we don't do that. So when I got here and I heard about it, I was like, "What is this Dibs parking stuff?" You know, oh, they put chairs and stuff in the parking space, and if you move it, you know, something to happen to you. I'm like, "What? That's foolery." But then I heard a story of this lady who got her car but like the her back window and her car was burst out with a metal chair because she moved somebody's dead parking thing and parked in their space and i was like oh my god and for the first time i tried dibs parking this year and it actually worked my neighborhood respects dibs parking can y'all explain to people who not from here what that's all about because that's definitely a chicago thing basically you dig out a parking spot it's yours you keep it uh, in order to protect them, when you pull off, you got to put something in the place of your car. So um, a chair, a bucket, a stool or something that you you're not using. So that, you know, a lot of a lot of battles have been waged over dips parking. I've heard of people, you know, getting their like you said, getting their windows smashed in on their cars, people's tires slashed, um, fights. Uh, I think somebody even got shot one time. This don't make no sense. I'm, hey, Bunny Jones, you you just popped on in. How you I'm doing? Good. How y'all doing? Y'all feel Jesus and twerking coming through? Because that's definitely what Bunny is all about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let the church say amen. Amen. Well, amen. Well, hey, girl. Big booty twerk. Yeah. Big booty twerk. <laughs> 
stupid. Anyway, we were talking about Dibs parking, and I was explaining to you know the people who not from Detroit, uh, well, who not from Chicago, what this Dibs parking is all about. Because I, for the first time in my life, in my six years of being in Chicago. I actually have experienced Dibs parking and I actually did it this past few days and it actually worked and I'm super excited about it. Girl, I cleaned out one of my clothes baskets and I put it out there in my little parking space and when I got home, it was still there, <laughs> honey. Never, I did not think this was going to work, but my neighborhood respects Dibs parking. So, you know, I had uh, facts kind of explaining what Dibs parking is because I had never, I mean, I've heard about it, but I had never seen it before. Yeah. It's, a, it's, it's just as Chicago as the Bears and Navy Pier. I mean, I've, with Dibs parking, you get creative. It used to be just chairs and stuff. Now you see contraptions put together like me. Yeah. I, I look, I just found the first thing that I knew I wasn't gonna use around my house. Don't judge me. I use curtain rods, okay? I got a curtain <laughs> rod and I got a bucket out here. And the, the, the person thing about it is the curtain rod is it is it, I got it stacked up so it could be the width of my car because let me tell you about this parking, okay? So what a lot of people don't know is it's about placement. So if you got your little chair here and like five inches away, that's your spot. Cause somebody gonna try to sneak up in there and park in front of your chair. Yep. Okay. So you gotta be strategic about this. That's what I'm saying. This year, this parking is about creativity and measurements. Oh my god. That's your takeaway for this parking, Mo. Create creativity and measurements. You're gonna thank me later. You're gonna thank me later. Well, I didn't do it right because I just put a basket there and then nobody like touched it. Like it was, it was enough space for my car, so I was good. I have seen some some funny objects, and I'm not gonna lie. I definitely took a picture and sent it to my sister because she did not believe me. I saw chairs, I saw TV dinner tables, I saw. Um, uh, I think they were curtain rods and they kind of created this triangle thing with it and they taped it all together and it was like this whole thing. I saw boxes. I saw an umbrella today. Like they took the umbrella and they stabbed it in the snow and it was just kind of standing up. I saw a vacuum. I was like, these people, like literally anything will like stand in place of your parking spot. It is the funniest thing nobody ever talks about this on the outside like nobody tells us on the outside about this whole dibs park it is hilarious and y'all be serious about it too Hell yeah if, the if most i hilarious. sit there and dig that motherfucker out <clears throat> baby if i come back in there copy there ooh, i'm slashing your ooh. tires <laughs> i'm slashing ooh, your tires sorry. you're gonna be stuck stuck what, what um what that girl said i feel sorry for that man <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm glad I got a driveway. <laughs> Shut up. Ain't nobody talking to you. Looking <laughs> about that though, like I've lived in Chicago all of my life. And even like during my driving years, I've never had to do the Dibs parking thing. Never experienced that. But I always see everybody else do it. Like somehow I always find a parking spot. It's so unfair. <laughs> it's so unfair, and I'm so happy that your tires are still Girl, yeah. You probably took somebody. I did not. I, I did not. I was just low-key about it. You know what I'm saying? 
<laughs> Low key, I'm just saying. Like, like, yeah, Bunny is a little annoying to me right now too, cause now she got a place with a parking lot, you know. So it's just me, me and Save. We out here struggling in the <laughs> snow with these. Par- I'm gonna tell you. So that first snow when it first hit with them first like 10 inches 10 12 mm-hmm. inches that very first day i literally could not come home i did not have a shovel now that was my fault because i'm a midwesterner and i know better but you know like i said these last six winters i've had here have been pretty mild and i didn't have to it, it i didn't need it so as soon as that snow hit baby i ain't had no shovel honey i said bun i, I don't know what to do sis i I've been driving around for four hours looking for parking. I literally am tired. No, no, for real. At this point, I'm cold and I'm tired. I'm tired of being stuck in the snow. I don't know what to do. She said, honey, just just come park in my parking <laughs> lot and just spend the night. And I spent five days at Bun House. No oh, joke. Yeah. That's what Sister Hood is about. Because there was no parking in front of my house. Like, it was awful. Y'all had a lock in. For real. It was, I mean, it was horrible. It was horrible. And even the day I went home, it was still kind of bad. But I was like, okay, at this point, I can kind of park on some snow. You know, somebody let their dibs parking kind of slide. And I was like, (laughs) (laughs) slid right on in there. With the low key. That's what I'm trying to tell you. With the low key. You know, they forgot to put their umbrella out. So, you know, I went on and got in. But it was so bad. And I mean, I'm glad I had that experience. Now I can talk about it. I can laugh about it. You know, um, I'm not even from Chicago and I've done it. Too bad for you, bud. You can't even say you've done it. Just shame. First, Just change. First of all, y'all are privileged to have these driveways. Cause let me tell you something. It's a struggle out here in these streets. Okay? It really Period. is. I just got it my really drive, uh, my parking garage. I always live in apartment. Apartment style. Girl. Girl. I'm jealous, jealous, because honey, this street parking is for the birds. You hear me? Like during the wintertime, it, even during the summer, like I on my block, it's all apartment buildings. So it's more people than it is space. So we pay for this permit. Chicago always trying to get money. We pay for this permit that I can barely use throughout the year. Like I can count how many times I can use it, you know, and, and on, on a weekday, on in, in a week, actually, in a month. And this was back when I had a part-time job. So I was coming home late. I parked around the corner every day. And it was like, why am I paying for this permit? I never can get a parking space. So once I quit that job, I was super excited to be able to park. <laughs> I'll be rushing home trying to get a park. So you can only imagine if it's like that during regular seasons. In the wintertime with the snow, honey, it is a struggle. It was real. And I'll just tell you like this. If you never heard of Dibs parking, now you know what it is. And that's straight Chicago black history. That is some serious black history and in the spirit of black history we're gonna keep going with all that blackness all that hoodness you're getting your tires sliced and your paint scratched up and your windows burst you know if you disrespect that that culture honey let's stick with all that blackness okay 
stick with it. Let's go on and have um Miss Favorite, you know, because she believes she's just better than everybody on the whole in the whole podcast. Let's take let's go to Miss Favorite for the jam and see what else, what other black history jam she can drop on us. Ooh, that's my jam. First of all, Mo, I'm gonna need you to put some respect okay. on my name. I ain't like you that. Better intro, tell okay? you better that was a tell little shame. That was a little that was a little shade boots, but I'm gonna let it go because it's the it's the pilot, okay? Girl, I don't respect nobody, okay? I don't respect nobody who still smells like look, Similac. Look I, here, locks, okay? I'm gonna need good night. <laughs> put some respect. Put some respect. Put some respect. Girl, bye. I still got diapers with your name on it. Continue on with your segment. You know what? I'm gonna handle this off podcast because you do it too much. Okay. All right. Anyway, sit in the spirit of Black History Month, I got to share this Black History Gem with y'all. So, the also creative and talented Miss Lauren Hill, her album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, goes diamond. Diamond. I'm a t- I ain't gonna lie to you. Before this story, I didn't even know Diamond was a thing. I thought once you reached Platinum, you was decent. I didn't even know Diamond was a thing. I'm not going to lie to you. Okay, so look. Let me let me put you up on game real quick. So Platinum, I believe, is 1 million units, right? Diamond is 10 mil. Okay. Mm. So just think about her album, which was her debut album, which was released like about 20 years ago. And that yeah. means over the span of 20 years has has sold 10 million let that, that is in. crazy that is crazy you got to put some respect on miss lauren yeah. miss lauren hill i mean and like you said miss because when you go diamond you deserve that legacy miss lauren hill she only had the debut she so she was with the fuji she did the debut and then she did like an unplugged situation yeah that's it yep tell you about the longevity that's why we need to give our our music legends the flowers their flowers while they are alive to receive them and this that's one right. we got to give her honor we got to yes. give her props so what's so special about this is it's only a few artists out there that have diamond albums one of them being mike jack with thriller adele well, adele with 21 now that i did not know adele her career ain't even that old for real. And no, for real. And I like Adele. I would have never guessed that she man, she got some serious fans. But if you wow. if you make a good body of art, don't matter how far it would take you. I know, but 10 million albums, you that's a lot. That's 10 million. In a short exactly. amount of time. And Beyonce yeah. is not on that list. No, but who else is on this? See, yeah. that's what I mean. But who else is on this list is Tupac with All Eyes I mean, on that Me. Makes sense. Eminem mm-hmm. with the Marshall Matters LP. Definitely had that album. That. And get, wait, prepare yourselves for this. Britney Spears with One More Time. Yeah. Baby, now, one more time. First of all, that was a really good album. But I would have never guessed that she got to that much of a celebrity status to the point where she went diamond. Like, I did not know that. I mean, I knew she, I mean, I knew she was big time, but diamond? I believe Girl, it. I mean, everybody knew who Britney, everybody knew who Britney Spears was ever since she was on the Mickey Mouse Club with uh, Justin Timberlake. And- Same thing with 
with Justin Timberlake and Christina Aguilera and a, and a whole bunch of them. Yep. But she went diamond. I would have never guessed Britney Spears. Like, never. Had she not went off on the deep end, she would have been so much bigger than Justin. So much bigger than But she got the money to back it up. She diamond status. You can go crazy with the, with some money now. You can always buy you some help. Now, hold on. Y'all gonna get off my girl now. You know, she went through a lot. I'm, but, I'm you know. sticking up for her. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a, on that one, I'm gonna have to give a slight edge to Justin. And the only reason why is because one, he was with one of the most popular uh, boy band groups before he went solo, and two, he he had a little movie career, a little. Oh, he's hilarious. But again, but but again, we're just talking about music and j- just music. But again, Britney Spears is diamond. Justin Timberlake can go cry him a river over Miss Diamond. Okay, crying. Just saying. <laughs> Yo, that was a really good album too. Justified, <laughs> yeah. Justified uh, was but really big good, but because it wasn't like you know, come on now. Yeah. Okay, but let's not act like Justin is not problematic, and that's not <laughs> what we're discussing right now. But, but that was a good album. You know what I'm saying? I got to get props. You got to get props where props was due. Okay, With Justified Edgar. was a really good album. But Britney, you know, I've always liked her, but now I just. The respect level is is higher now. You gotta put some you know, respect that's my on girl. that name. You got to put some, and I'm surprised like Janet Jackson is not on there. Well, you know what? You know Janet Jackson is like everything to me. My future baby mama. I already said on social media that I'm her future hype man and also background dancer. We gonna get there. We gonna get there. But I do appreciate. That she is getting her flowers while she can still receive them because, you know, uh, technically the Super Bowl Sunday is now called Janet Jackson Fan Appreciation Day because Black <laughs> Ball performing at the Super Bowl. Come up with. Yes, this is true. That, this is true. Usually when Super Bowl come around, you start seeing a bunch of appreciation for Janet. So I get that. I'm, I'm not mad about that. But I'm just surprised. Well, yeah, but I'm just surprised that Lauren Hill, you know, not to say that she don't deserve it, because, I mean, she's a classic, she's a legend, she deserves all of the flowers, but I'm surprised she's the first one to go Diamond, because Janet Jackson is major, that is some major music right there, I mean, her career spans, I mean, most of our lifetime, you know what I'm saying, like, I'm shocked that she's not on that list. Well... I mean, it all depends on the fan base and it depends the body of work. You also got to think about it, too. Lauren Hill, she's still out here with sampling and also, you know, with interviews, stuff like that. And I mean, of course, too, it's Miss Lauren Hill. I mean, I, I again, not saying she don't deserve it. I'm saying I thought that, you know, if anybody would go diamond, it would definitely be Janet Jackson. That I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The girl is big time. You know, that's why I was so surprised about Britney. Britney is modeled after Janet Jackson. Well, I mean, hey. I mean, uh, that's not to say she'll never make it to Diamond. That's true. I'm just surprised it ain't happened yet. That's all. Hey, it's in the works, baby. It's in the works. I'm not going to lie, though. If I had to pick an album that, uh, that Janet Jackson sold that would go diamond, I would say it'd be control. 
I agree. Well, this month is the is the anniversary of control, but we got we got, I got a I got a special segment for that. So y'all gotta hold oh. on with that one. Okay, oh, we're gonna, okay. we gonna stay tuned for that one then. Yeah, you gotta stay tuned for that one because, like I said, that is my ba- <laughs> future baby mama. That's my everything. I'm a future hype hype woman and background dancer. So you know, I got y'all on that. And just for the record, you know, for those who don't know about the, the favorite because nobody knows her because we super new. The favorite and facts is just, you know, they're set up to get married one day, you know, sometime in 2022. That's none of y'all business. Just saying. So if 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 she ever becomes uh, Janet Jackson's baby mama, they're going to be in some type of threesome or something because I don't think facts going to back down. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I mean, <laughs> Mr. Frequently Asked Questions over there already know the deal. He already knew when he already when know, he he know put, when he put a ring on it. So we not worried about that, okay? He know his place. <laughs> he know his place. I'm just, so what, I'm just waiting for the money to come in. Where the money was at? 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 What else you got for us on the jam? Well, speaking about money, so our favorite artist of the year, her, is being currently sued for copyright infringement for her hit song "Focus." Ain't nobody got time for this. Focus is like my life, okay? I love that song. I'm pissed about this. Please continue because I'm I'm literally hurt. The heart is breaking. Okay, so first, before I get into that, let's go over copyright infringement because I feel like some people don't understand it. So to give you a prime example of copyright infringement, so Mo, say if you wrote a song, right, about your favorite thing, and it's out on the airwaves and everything like that. And I come around and use a sample of that song, but don't give you credit. You have all the means to sue legal action because I used a part of your song that you should be getting ro- still getting royalties for. Got it. So with that being said, here go the plot twist, y'all. Her is being sued by a fellow artist by the name of Andre Sims, which I believe they worked together previously. Hmm. And what was he like a writer or a producer or something? Uh he is a songwriter. Okay. And you know her is a songwriter as well. She is very Absolutely. talented. She is very, very talented and know knows how to play multiple instruments too. That's my girl. So Andre Andre Sims is also a songwriter and a pianist. So his song it was called Endless Minds, so it's basically uh the basically said least is a song with piano riffs. So if you listen to begin to focus, what do you hear? Piano riffs, right? Mm-hmm. So the the estimated cost of this lawsuit, they are seeking three million dollars. Mm. And, and another plot twist is the producer of Focus admitted he sampled this song. So ain't no way around now was they might have to cough up some money. I don't know. That's deep. Who else had copyright infringement real quick? Okay, so uh, frequently asked questions over there. He ain't gonna like this one because we talking about his boy Kendrick now. Oh, no. <laughs> so, Kendrick Lamar in the past has been has been in a copyright uh, infringement lawsuit for $1 million for his song. I think it's off of Section 80. For rigor mortis. Mm. Yep, that part right there. 
was made by Eric Reed and Willie James III, which is a saxophone player and also a pianist for their off their song "The Thorn." Oh, dang! I didn't know it was that that, that actual part. Yep. So we don't know much about it because they kept the lawsuit under oh, really under wraps. But that was estimated to be a settlement of one million dollars. Hmm. And also, since we talked about Timbaland, y'all remember the Jay Z and Timbaland produced song "Big Pimpin." Who yeah. does? Who can't forget it? Okay, so Timbaland did not give credit for the sample he used from an Egyptian composer, right? Wow. But let me tell you about the ultimate finesse. So I don't know what happened within that lawsuit, but it lasted for like about a little over 20 years. It wasn't until 2018 that American courts threw that case out. So what that means is Jay-Z and his camp did not have to pay up any money and the uh, Egyptian composer did not receive any money. The case was basically dropped. That's crazy. A 20-year-old case? That's crazy. That will, let me rephrase that, 20 years after that song was released. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, this, it was, the case ended in 2018. So, let's, let's, take a brief flashback about some big events that happened between the song coming out in 2018. We had ah. we had 9-11 happen. We've had the invention of flip phones. We've had the first black president. We've had what else we have? We've all graduated from college. A lot of stuff happened between that time. I'm just saying that's a big finesse. I, me personally, I would rather have that last 20 years and I walk away without paying no money and still have my song played and have my royalties paid for that song than to be ended in like two years and I got to cough up like about 20 million dollars. I'm just saying that's that's true. Yeah, but that brings me to my question for y'all. So, with these cases of copyright infringement, do y'all think that that creativity is just dead among among our artists in this time period, or is creativity still alive? Is this a copycat type of deal? Like, what are y'all thoughts on this? I still think that I still think that these artists have a a lot of creativity because while their biggest hits are usually sampled uh, from someone else, the rest of the songs from their albums aren't. But a lot of times those other <laughs> songs be trash, you know. Um, I mean, honestly, it's getting to the point where some of these samples are trash too. But um, <clears throat> I mean, I feel like if people, if you're a real artist, like we got a lot of people out there who are in the music business, but very few of them are truly talented, like for real, for real artists, like deep down in the heart. And for those of them who are, those are the ones who have the real talent and they're the ones that can produce songs that are truly original. Um, and it's not to say that those artists who have made samples are not great at what they do. It's just that, you know, creativity, you know, I don't think is dead. I just think people, you know, it's hard to tap into creativity when we're in the era 
of you know remixes and and paying homage to you know past things or past shows or we you know we love the 90s we're in this era of like doing everything that came from the 90s and the early 2000s i mean we're not even talking about just music we're talking about tv shows and clothes and things of that sort and, and it's not that we started the sampling because you know sampling been going on forever you know but it's just that it's so saturated right now everything is a sample every last thing is a sample and some of them are really good some of them are not i personally don't think it's dead i just think that you have to work a little bit harder to you know be truly creative and come up something that's like the bomb.com um and and for it to not be a sample See, I, you know, I gotta, I see where you're going. Part of me agrees with you, part of me disagrees. And I'm gonna tell you why because some of my favorite artists, or maybe, maybe it's just because I'm speaking for me, but some of my favorite artists, you know, some, some of their best songs, you know, I like, they're not even sampled. Like, uh, like, uh, Kendrick Lamar's song, uh, You. You wasn't sampled. That was just, you know, the producer came up with something and they put it together and there you go. But then there's other songs that Kendrick did sample that still are hot and, you know, everybody sings or raps to. So I get what you're saying. You know, it's just, I guess it's, you know, situational with different artists. Well, let mm-hmm. me say, well, let me say this. With some songs that you think is original, they're really not. And what it yep. is, is that they might not, the sample is not really always obvious. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it could be like little stuff like with um like for the example I'll use with her. Now when you hear those piano riffs, you just think of some oh, you know, that's just her playing piano. No, it actually came from another artist who who specialized in like keyboard. So it's like, you know, you get if you really know your stuff, this is why this is why I always say if you know, if I don't do anything else in life, if I don't become a music historian, I'll be a music lawyer. Is because music lawyers that's their job to go out there and like really have a good listening ear. Uh, I, me personally, I believe that music lawyers are just as important as as important as these producers because they got to have a good ear. Like, hey, look, before you use that, let me get clearance on that because I feel like that might be a sample of somebody else's song, but. Also, too, you got to think about, too, it's not always about sampling. Remakes, to me, is kind of a form of sampling, too, because you basically taking another bot person's body of work and you you re- you redoing it to fit or tailor to today's era or fit it to your own personal style. Yeah, that's true. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, look at Whitney Houston. I, I Y'all know the song. And that really originally wasn't her song. That was Dolly Parton's song that just sold more. I mean, but she got permission to do it. You know what I'm saying? Is I mean, it was a better version, though. I yeah. mean, I, I mean, Dolly Parton wasn't horrible, you know. But it was just like, man, when Whitney sang it, it was a completely different song. It was it's like, wow, <laughs> you yeah. you really put some stank on that, you know? And so, even. And even Whitney Houston was, you know, not, you know, not only did she sing uh, somebody, somebody else's song in Dolly Parton, but she also sang uh, 
George Benson's song "Greatest Love of All," and I'm not gonna lie, when I first heard Whitney Houston, Whitney sing it, I thought it was her song, and then I heard it from George Benson, and I looked, did some digging to find out that his version was older. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. See, yeah, I mean, some of our greatest songs are definitely remixes or samples. Honestly, like it. I mean, it's amazing. You'd be surprised, you know. Yeah. You'd be surprised. You know, but thank you for all of those, all of that knowledge. You always keep us on our toes. I'm telling you, this girl, if she put her mind to it, she'll be real big in the music industry because this this girl, she just knows some things. And she every time we talk music with with the favorite, I'm telling you, we always learn something crazy. She keep us up on that music news and keeping up with the news, period. You know, not just music news, but everything else news. You know, Mr. Google got it all for us. Hey, facts, give us some current events. What's happening today? What's the front page news, honey? All right, this is your boy, Facts, and these are the facts. So, breaking news today, I'm pretty sure that everybody has heard about it. Tiger Woods is in a a car accident and is leaving him with uh, very serious leg injuries. Now, Tiger Woods is pretty much reaching the pinnacle of his golf his golf career. He's won numerous titles, won numerous masters, and he's basically made golf mainstream. Earlier this morning, he was in a rollover accident, one car accident that uh, left him uh, very in a very very scary state. When the police got to him. Uh, sources say that he was very lucid, he was very calm, he was responding to everything, and that uh, his uh, condition is stable. And when he was rushed to the hospital, he was immediately rushed for uh, emergency surgery. So right now we're praying for his recovery. We, we're praying that he returns to his, uh, his, form, his best form. In 2019, he won the Masters after a lot of people doubted whether Tiger Woods still had it. And apparently he does still have it. Uh, he was currently on his way to do a uh, promotional tour. Yesterday he was golfing with uh, NBA All-Star Dwayne Wade, uh, teaching him how to play golf. And uh, there's a clip of him. I wish we could play it. But uh, there's a clip of him actually cracking jokes with Dwayne Wade, saying that his uh, golf game is not up to par. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, he's uh, news of his uh, car accident spread worldwide, and he's gotten support from a lot of people, from Reverend Jesse Jackson to former President Barack Obama. Everybody's wishing him a speedy recovery, and uh, we hope that seeing him back on the uh, on the green, you know, doing his thing real soon. And mm-hmm. other news: uh, a Texas Republican senator. Ted Cruz is receiving a lot of backlash for taking his family to Mexico in the midst of Texas uh, issue with their with the weather and the loss of electricity and things of that nature. Uh, a lot of people actually felt like he let them down, which, granted, because it's te- because it's Ted Cruz, we're not surprised. I mean, let's face it he he's one of uh former president Donald Trump's, you know, henchman. He's got his nose so far off his butt is ridiculous. But um, he, uh, upon, um, upon the 
the critiques that he received, he actually came back to uh, Texas the next day and a lot of people are still giving him plaque for it and rightfully so because the people who voted you into that Senate seat are in desperate need of your leadership or supposed to be leadership and you leave them hanging to go to not another not just another country but somewhere where you know people don't have the don't have that option of just packing up and going to somewhere where it's warmer and that just shows kind of like the elitist and elitist classism hypocrisy of Ted Cruz as a senator and as a person and now for people who for someone who's really not watching the news or online or they're like really in their bubble and just have no idea what's going on because I've seen a lot of people have their opinions especially from the midwest or you know places like this or the east coast they have their opinions about people in Texas and you know what they're going through or whatnot for those people who really don't understand what's happening down there can you kind of give us a little you know tidbit about what's going on in Texas and why Ted Cruz going on vacation during this time is a horrible horrible thing well it's it actually stems a little bit back from his platform against immigration he's strongly against immigration Yet he finds time to take his family over to Mexico, Cancun, to be specific. And it just shows, you know, how hypocritical he can be. And then uh, as far as the situation in Texas with the the loss of power and the lack of water and the lack of food, the lack of gas, basically essentials that we take for granted. He just left his voters hanging and he wasn't the only one. Uh, There was another... There was another uh, Texas politician who actually went with his wife to Utah. And so they're receiving a lot of flack from it. But in all honesty, the way that the, you know, the political playing field is going on right now, there's nothing that is going to happen to neither one of them. And we've, we've seen this dance routine time and time again the last four years. So it's just, I mean, it's just amazing to me how how they can leave the same people who voted for them high and dry in the middle of not just a pandemic, but, you know, a situation where everybody's lives, lives were in jeopardy. I mean, 30 people, including an 11-year-old and an 8-year-old, died during this thing. Yeah. Oh, well, I got a question because I'm trying to, because, you know, I list, I pay attention to news stuff like that, but some stuff just goes over my head. So, basically... He basically taking a vacation while Texas is like going through this this hellish uh epidemic this, they got this kind of natural disaster situation they got going. Yeah. Is well, that is is that what it is? Pretty much. Well, the thing about it, it's not a natural disaster, but it's a disaster that was caused it by is for the, them. It is well, for them. They not used to it. Well the thing the thing about it is it's it's a natural disaster, but it's not a natural disaster. And the reason why it's not a natural disaster is because Texas doesn't their 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 power grids and their thing things like that, they're not federally regulated. And so, what I mean by natural disaster, I know it's not like a hurricane or something like that, but they I believe, if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on this, but I believe President Biden actually um said that they were in a state of an emergency. Like, he literally 
said they were in a state of emergency. So for them, this is a it's a natural disaster, although they're not prepared, you know, for, you know, freezing temperatures or or snow or anything like that. For them, this was a natural disaster. I heard a story about a woman today who because they don't know how to drive in snow. Right. They don't know how to drive on ice. They don't have salt trucks. They don't. They're totally unprepared for anything like this. This lady was driving, trying to drive. I don't know how big the hill was. I don't know if it was like super high or what, but she was trying to drive up this hill and she slid all the way down into somebody's garden. She couldn't get out and she had no way to contact anybody or to go anywhere. Nobody had any way to go anywhere. She had to stay with the family whose garden she slid into, she stayed with these people for five days because there was no way out. Like for them, this is literally a disaster. People are dying literally. I mean, it may not be considered a natural disaster, like for real on paper, but for them, that's how they feel like this. It's a super serious thing. I mean, people are taking snow and putting it in their crock pots in order for them to have water. Like, <laughs> there's crazy. no drinking water. There's no drinking water. There's, there's, they literally can't go anywhere or do it. Like, the whole <laughs> place is shut down. Now, I don't know how far or what if there's a specific city or, you know, whatever, because I have a friend who moved down to Dallas maybe a month or so ago, and I asked her if she was okay. She said she she didn't have any problem. I mean, she's from here, so she's pretty much prepared for, you know, winter stuff, but, you know, as for her power going out and having trouble with water, she doesn't have that problem. She lives in, you know, in Dallas, so I don't know if this is like a certain area or whatnot. I don't know. I just know these people are really suffering down there. You know, they truly, truly are. I think also, too, it got to deal with your survival skills. Like, let's be honest. If you've been in a certain spot, if you've been, if you never really traveled anywhere where it has like snow and stuff like that, you're probably nine times out of ten, you're probably not going to know how to react. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when your fight or flight mentality kicks in. Like, okay. What can I do now? As your for your friend, she she she's used to it, so you know right. she used to you know knowing how to maneuver out of snow and stuff like that. But like, say someone that they never left Texas, you know, you're probably gonna freak out a little bit. So it's it's like it's like it's a fifty like, fifty thing with that. Like if you used to it, or you like one of those people that just prepare for like zombie apocalypse and all this other what if stuff, then yeah. But, I mean, you. There was that one lady with her and her daughter. Didn't they pass away because she was like trying to warm up the house with, you know, with her car or something? Yes, yeah. uh, they uh, they died because of the. Uh, I'm trying to remember the. It's a, a specific term for it. Um, was it like the fumes or something from the car? Or yeah, it was the, the fumes. exhaust. Yeah, probably the and, exhaust. And uh, you, they're trying to keep themselves warm, which brings me to the uh, next part of uh, this story. That uh, the people of Texas are down there receiving insane amounts of uh, on their uh, electric bills, five thousand, ten thousand, 
twelve thousand. In one one story, I saw that a lady had a bill for seventeen thousand. Oh bills wow! Are, wow! Yeah, their, oh, wow. their bills are higher than my student loan count right now. That's crazy. And it and the a company is actually expecting them to pay that, but it's become so controversial that uh that the the board of trustees for I think the name of the company is Escott, uh they all stepped down all in the same day. Hmm. I feel they, like with that too, they gotta understand they in a state of emergency. Some of that stuff is irrelevant. Yeah, they are totally unprepared for this. It this is crazy. And and I get how people would be upset with um <clears throat> some of their political figures kind of stepping out and going to warmer climates and whatnot. Now I'm not saying that I agree with them going on vacation and whatnot. Um, but I will say, if your family, you know, you you were kind of a, an elite a bit, you know, you got the means to, you know, pick up and go, um, or you got a couple dollars in your pocket, and you know, you're in a place where it's been considered as a state of an emergency, you gonna take your family elsewhere too. You you are, and nobody is gonna suffer on purpose or make their family suffer on purpose. Nobody now. Had he went instead of him going to, you know, Mexico, maybe had he taken them to a family's place in, you know, the next state or or whatever the case. And then come back and try to, you know, be a leader and kind of help or or at least virtually try to be a leader and try to get some things going. I can't get mad at that man for taking his family out of that. Who Him and, and the other guy. I can't get mad at them for taking his their families out of that that air, that situation. Cause I'm not gonna let my kids freeze and suffer, and we ain't we not prepared for the winter. I'm not. I ain't even gonna lie to you. So I'm not mad at the man. Now, should he have gone to Mexico? Probably not. She ha- should he have gone on vacation? Probably not. You know, his duty is to his state. But I'm also not mad that he took his family up out of there. Mm-hmm. Nope. Show lane. And that's the honest to God truth. We 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 want to be mad. But we can't be mad. We just hating. He had the money and he had the ability to peace out. So we did. He's not gonna, he's not gonna allow his family to suffer. They 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 don't have no water, they don't have lights, there's no way to get food. All types of stuff is going on. People are literally dying. And you think because I'm the senator, I'm gonna let my people die? Oh no. I'm going to take my people up out of there and then I'm going to get on a Zoom call and try to figure out what to do. For but, my see, here's the, but see, here's the thing. He was initially supposed to come back that Saturday, which was uh, this past Saturday. And uh, he was going to stay there with the family the entire time. If it hadn't been for the backlash he was receiving, he would have he stayed. Now that's horrible. I'm Again, I'm not agreeing with the fact that he was just like, all right, peace out, y'all, good luck. No, but I'm also not mad at him for taking his family and doing what he needs to do as the leader of the family. I'm not mad about that. You know, he he should have been more involved and, in, you know, hey, you know, let let me let's let's try to figure out what to do, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But don't be mad because that man took his people to the sunny place. <laughs> I'm just, you know, but I also have a question, you know. 
I know he's been very against immigration, but what does that have to do with him going to Mexico? Because it's one thing to say, I don't want y'all coming over here and living over here and working and taking all our jobs. And it's a whole nother thing to say, okay, well, I want to go to your country to vacation because it's, I mean, you can visit, but you can't live here. That's the whole immigration problem. You know, come visit, you know, bring your money, spend your money here, help our economy, but go back home, you know, so what is his immigration, his beliefs on immigration? What does that have to do with him going on vacation? That that don't make sense to me. Help me. It's, the issue is he doesn't want anyone doing the same thing that he just did. So just like, uh, you know, other immigrants come from different countries to escape, you know, uh, chaos and murder and all that stuff. Uh, he just basically did the same thing. He uh, ran to Mexico to escape, you know, dealing with the the cold and the busted pipes, you know. And, and, and I get that because that makes sense because he used Mexico as an escape. But the difference is, and uh, and trust me, I'm I'm not arguing this man's case. I'm not saying you know I'm his fan or none of that. I'm just simply saying. Yes, he went to Mexico to kind of escape what was going on. And of course, you know, that's ironic because you don't want anybody coming here to escape what they're going through. But the difference is he's not staying there permanently, right? Their issue is they don't want people to come here and escape from their problems permanently. There's a difference. He's there temporarily. So it's kind of the same, but kind of not. Like, that's a weak... I feel like if you somebody took that to court, <laughs> you know, I feel like that's a weak argument. You know, it's kind of it's kind of uh, on the fence, not over the fence, kind of on the fence. You know, it's kind of the same, but kind of not. Uh, I it's a weak argument. I, like I don't like it. <laughs> if you don't want me in your space at all, whether it be short term or long term, don't step up into my territory. Take your ass back to where you were. Like you are not welcome here. Now, but you but that's that but that should be an emotional about it. I'm I'm literally being logical about it. If but it you're gonna be. go to that's court, court is not an emotional place. But that's our problem. That but is our not. very problem. But it's not right there. <laughs> There's no ethics in there. It's not. So, well, it's not. Well, well, y'all, you got well, you gotta think of it this way, Mo. Like you as a person, you think logically. But if if you was someone living in Texas, you're not gonna think logically about someone that you that you looking up to for leadership and guidance to get through this, and they just up and leave. Now I'm with you. I'm not mad at him. You know, trying to protect his family because I mean, you do what you gotta do for your family to be protected while you in politics or any high ranking position. But I mean, I gotta go. With with Bunny on this one, you know, as an ordinary person living in Texas, and you see, me, and I'm struggling trying to get through the snow and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm gonna feel some type of way because I feel like you motivating us to face stuff head on. Exactly. But you go head for the hills. Oh no, I agree. I I completely 100 percent agree. A as a regular person, as a Texan, as somebody who's struggling, yeah, I got a problem with you. You know what I'm saying? But I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm just simply saying that one, mm -hmm. it's hey, one thing to get your family out of there. I ain't get his family out of there. Two, 
Period. Like I, I agree with that. I agree, but I also don't feel like his status or his uh position on immigration has anything to do with him temporarily going to Mexico. You know, it, he never said. I don't think people who have issues with immigration, I don't think they have a problem with people coming over here to visit and vacation. They just have a problem with them coming and living here and taking jobs and whatnot. I think I mean, that's when the you problem. Upset, when you upset, you're going to hear what you want to hear. So but that's, that's, what, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. saying. If we're talking about a legal system here, ain't none of that emotional. They're not going that for that. Ain't nobody going to win off of emotion. These motherfuckers is that's robots in these courtrooms. Like... <laughs> We should be going <laughs> off ethics, like moral ethics. Like, what they happened are. to that? I, I feel like, uh, facts, you might have your next uh, segment. Emotional, <laughs> emotional morals and ethics. Emotional morals and ethics. You know what? It sounds like they got us effed up. G-M-F-U. Bunny. Girl. Please tell us more about First who got all, you after. Hey, y'all. This is Bunny Jones. Always coming to y'all with the peace, blessings, and the ratchet. Okay. All right. Ew. All right. <laughs> and tonight, we are talking tips on avoiding a GMFU moment. Okay. Now, Bunny. What is a GMFU, you ask? Girl, let me tell you, okay? <laughs> it means got me fucked up. Hand claps and all, okay? <laughs> yes, sir. it's the clap for me. It's the clap. Conflict for me. resolution, and today's tips will be centered around romantic relationships. Oh, okay, y'all. So let's go on here, dive into this. First, I want to ask y'all. Has your boo or previous boo ever tried your last nerve? And if they have, tell me what they done did. Uh, I had a previous boo. <laughs> I was about to say, are we really about to discuss facts while he's standing here? Like, no, like, I, I love, I love my, I love my frequently asked questions over there. Okay. okay. <laughs> I was about to say, ooh, this is gonna be a good episode. No, no. I love my I love my Mr. Google and my frequently asked questions. He's gonna get mad at me because I'm gonna have these listeners call him frequently asked questions by the industry, about it is podcast stream. So mm-hmm. yeah, I had a previous boo that tried me, right? Right. He's probably gonna listen to this podcast, but who gives a fuck? Oh so, no! Oh no! No. So, um, Fax knows about him. So, basically, make a long story short, Bunny, he told. First of all, he wasted my time, right? Because you know I'm a lover of all lovers. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I have a hard exterior, but I love to love. So he basically told me that he could not see himself marrying me because he felt like he was betraying people, and. <laughs> <laughs> and I, at the time, I was contemplating, you know, ex- um, going, extending my education. So, listeners out there, I have a master's degree. It took about three years, you know, so I'm very proud about that. But my ex-boyfriend, he was like, I just don't want you to waste your time on something that you're probably not going to use for real. 
I said, what? <laughs> so he had uh-huh. me, <laughs> he had me effed up and you know I had to tell him like look you about to miss out on the best thing that God has ever Ooh. gave you it's not my fault that you still live in your mama's house still up under her nipple and you mm. know and the best thing you have gotten got me was you we yes. broke up and I got that master's degree and a new car so okay girl so yeah Came out me shiny. Up. I love it I love it Okay, period. And of course, I got the ring. So, meet me at the altar in your white dress. <laughs> Y'all. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> well, I, I got a little bit of a story. Um, He may or may not ever listen to this podcast, so it probably really don't even matter. So, um, we weren't mm-hmm. together, you know, we, but we were like, we had a thing. You know, it was a real thing. I guess in today's, you know, mm-hmm. uh, language, we would call it a situationship. You know, we, me and him had been dealing with each other for a while. And um, he was younger. He was younger. And um, I mean, but I liked him, though. You know, but I knew, I knew it, it, the situation shit was my fault. I knew that we were never going to be more than what we were, you know. Because, you know, our lives, you know, our beliefs, our visions, it didn't line up. So, but neither here nor there, we were a thing. We had a thing. And um, he, I remember, at the time, I was kind of like mm-hmm. pretty much ending the situationship. Because at that point, our communication had lowered and... Um, we were clearly going nowhere and um, I was, I had so much to offer. He had nothing to offer me and it was just, it, it was very mm-hmm. lopsided. We were very lopsided and um, I don't mind helping somebody who has vision and they actually just kind of want to take that vision and they're really working towards something. You know, if you, if, if, if to me, if you seem like you just, you talking a lot and nothing's getting done. See, now, you know, I, I don't want to help no more, you know, I, or I don't want to, you know, I just kind of want to end it. So anyway, um, I had stopped talking to him. We had stopped talking for a while and, you know, we were no longer dealing with each other. And then one day he calls me, he goes, you know, you're one of the smartest people I know. And um, you're so business minded and, you know, you're so smart. I really would love to go to bit, go in business with you. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that means. You know, I mean, you ain't got no, I don't even know if you got a high school degree to be honest. You know, you, you've never oh taken gosh. a business course. I've never heard you. And, and, and I'm, it's not to say that you got to go to college to have, you know, this bit, you know, be business minded and be an entrepreneur, nothing like that. But I've never heard you say you wanted to get you some extra knowledge and, you know, go on YouTube and YouTube, you mm-hmm. YouTube university exactly. or whoever university you, you ain't trying to learn Jack. I'm trying to figure out what you mean by going into business with me. This fool told me I would love to get a uh, I don't even know if I want to say what because they're going to know who it is. <laughs> he okay. wanted to get a certain type of shop with me. Okay. And I was like, I don't know about that. You know, he was like, just think about it. Just th-. He was like, and, and 
you know, I think we should make an investment before we go into business with each other. I'm like, what investment? He said a car. He was like, look, how about, because I don't have no credit, how about you put the Ooh. car, I just need you to put put it in your name, oh, and then I'll pay the no. note. Oh, he got you messed up. Uh. Now, mind you, at the time, I was, you know, I didn't have a car. I was on the bus. I was busting it every day. Okay, buy my bus card once a month, $105. Like, are you serious? So, wait a minute. I'm going to be on the bus, but you're going to be driving around in a car in my name. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So, you mean to tell me that he he wanted you to get him a car before you get yourself in your own car? Yes. That got got me effed up. I was like, I burst out laughing. I said, you cannot be serious. He was dead serious. And I ain't never seen this man with a real job in, like, in all the years we were dealing with each other. Like, are you serious? <laughs> you, you, you ain't you, got no job, Tommy. I mean, he was Tommy strong, strong. Like, he, <laughs> I, I could not believe this man asked me to put a car in my name for him. That's my story. He truly had, I was truly yes. a GM, what is it, F U moment? It was horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Period. I'm telling you. <laughs> what about you, Facts? Uh, well, let me see. Oh, I got one story. Uh, it's dealing dealing with an ex. And so, uh, backtrack. You know, for the listeners, they don't know. Uh, I'm a cancer survivor, so I'm going on uh yeah, two years uh, uh, as hey. a cancer survivor. I won God my battle. So uh part of uh part of my journey through my uh cancer battle I, involved me uh receiving a stem cell transplant. So while I'm in the hospital uh, pre- uh preparing for my stem cell transplant uh I'm scrolling uh on social media and I find out that one of uh one of my ex's friends and my ex are doing uh doing a podcast talking about relationships. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, oh Lord, was I already know what's about to happen. So I listened to the podcast. Long story short, she did everything she could to throw me under the bus and make herself look like an angel. I mean she accused me mm. of everything that she could and didn't tell a single bit of truth. And and I never confronted her about it because I'm thinking to myself, you know, if she wants to uh, tell that lie, tell those lies. I mean, That's a this lot woman lies. spread more lies than Donald Trump. <laughs> and, yeah. Shoot, I want to know what she said. <laughs> she, I want to know what she said. Shoot. She accused me. Of, she accused me of cheating. She accused me of a whole bunch of stuff that just wasn't true. She said I was, you know, messing around on the side. And in all actuality, I was put, I was working like three or four different jobs. So I had no time to, you know, try to do any of that stuff. So I, you know, I'm just looking back at it and I'm like, this chick really got me effed up. And I'm like, okay, you can go ahead and spread that lie. 
whatever. If people want to believe it, I don't know. I don't know if anybody ever listened to it, but if anybody want to believe it, let them believe it. Sometimes you just got to let people believe what they want to believe and, you know, let whatever helps them sleep at night help them sleep at night. But bottom line, she definitely got me effed up. Mm-hmm. I guess she said you were nothing but a liar, a cheater, deceiver, and my heartbreaker. And I won't let you have it. And my dog, I'm taking. You gotta be mad as hell not to say the that. The dog, I want it all. Right. That will. Yeah, that was the original yes. GMFU song, and it always be. Yeah, yeah but so. yeah, but you know, I look back at it, and if I ever ran into her, and I I hit it with the Beyonce Ooh. line, and you thought that you Everything were irreplaceable. Oops, to, the oh, left, to the left, to the left, and I thought to the left. That's another GMFU. Or you could have hit her with, Ooh, that's uh, my what's, that, what's that song? No more shopping spree. Oh. <laughs> no. So, Bunny, when it comes to all the GMFU moments, you know, what are your, what are some tips we can use to yes, kind of avoid day, it or deal with it? You know, help us. Save because our relationships if we can. You know what I'm saying? But we don't want to stay in no toxic shit. Let me just start there. So, Let's hop into these uh, little tidbits. The first one is create a welcoming environment for open communication. It's always good to be in a space with someone to share what's bothering you, but don't forget to express the positives. You'll never want to be always negative and nagging and stuff like that. You know, if you feel you can't share just about anything important uh, with your partner, you know, I, I encourage you to take a, a second look at that relationship because it may be um, abusive in some way. So just be mindful of that, okay? Two, maintain a calm and respectful demeanor during a heated disagreement. Now, I don't know about y'all, but when somebody got me in a GMFU moment and we go there, it's kind of hard for me to stay calm and respectful. You know, I want to bring up all the shit, all the facts, all the receipts. So, but that's not healthy. So we have to check ourselves and make sure, you know, our partners, we keep our partners accountable to always be calm and respectful when we speak to each other. Keep focus of the dispute or the issue at hand and um, that has nothing to do with what y'all talking about, okay? Because y'all trying to resolve whatever the argument is about. Number three, get to the root of the problem. Ask yourself, are y'all really arguing over who didn't wash the dishes last night? Or is it something, like, more meaningful, you know? Like, let's let's stop bringing up petty arguments and and, and really say what's on your mind. You know, if you pissed off that, you know, I don't know, he probably not making enough money. Say that. <laughs> Say that. I mean, these are real Whoa, things. Wait. 
These are Whoa. real things. You know okay. Maybe he's he talking about he trying to quit his job. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. Don't be bringing up dumb arguments avoiding what's really bothering you. Say it. Be honest with your partner. Okay? Number four. Watch out for arguments that stem from a need of control. If you feel like your partner is trying to control you in any way, baby, mm. exit stage left, okay? Because we're not about that toxic love over here, okay? Nothing about I'm just trying to be overprotective or I'm, um, I'm just an overprotective lover is cute. That's not cute, okay? Make sure you guys are able to be to still be your individual selves, whether y'all in the relationship or not. That's very important. Number five, finding a middle ground and compromise. Life is all about balance. And it's important to have that life balance within your relationships. If you two truly care about each other, you will learn to make it work. You all will come to, agree, to an agreement on things without feeling like you guys are individually making a huge sacrifice. We should never feel that way in our relationships. Number six, agree to disagree and choose your battles. Really ask yourself, is this shit y'all talking about even worth the oxygen that escapes your lungs? Like, really? Think about the importance of this disagreement and how it can affect your relationship. And if this is something or an issue that really needs to be addressed, ask yourself, is this resolvable or not? And if it's not, really take some time to think about a way where you can go back um, to come back to an agreement with each other because it's all about open communication. Okay, so that's all I have for y'all. This concludes today's tips on avoiding a GMFU moment with Bunny Jones. <laughs> you know, well, thank you Nobody so much, Buddy. You're so annoying. Ain't nobody got time for that, okay? And Ain't nobody I got time for that. Look good in orange stripes, anything. Ain't nobody okay? got time for that. So stay your ass up out of here. You just had to say No. <laughs> I hate it here. I hate it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Anyway, well, thank you for that bun. It's just, it was nice and helpful and ratchet as always. We appreciate you so much. Um, It it got a little deep there for a second. You know, I was like, man, (laughs) she really pulling out social work skills and she not even social worker. So I felt that in my soul. You know, it was, it was real therapist in here real, you know, for like a hot second. Uh, A GMFU moment. Always. Communicate. (laughs) Just say what you need to say and be honest, 100%. I know it may hurt your partner or partners. I don't know how you live and I'm going to mind my business. But, you know, I just want to include y'all. <laughs> but 
but I'm just saying. All right. So that's their business. Oh, my okay. God. I'm on my side. Because that's their business. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, just be honest. Like, if you feel like you can't be yourself, yeah. you shouldn't be in that situation anyway. Take your ass somewhere where you can be your 100% authentic self. Talk to me, sis. I'll you know, I got you. a song for that. You got a song for everything. As I am, <laughs> just take me. Or have none. Or have nothing <laughs> at all. Poor facts. <laughs> he always got to deal with this foolishness. <laughs> but anyway, on a lighter, <laughs> less depressed note, you know, I want to share a segment too. The host got something to say. She got some things to share. All right. My segment is called Viral Buzz. I got the Viral Buzz report. That's my theme song. All right. That's the whole theme song. Lord. Is that for Viral Buzz or a game show? Shut up. Well, I first, so my segment is all about discussing. Um, I love discussion, like deep discussion about um, things that people consider to just, you know, be entertainment. I I look at entertainment in a different light. You know, I, I always want to peel back the onion layers behind it. Right. So um, I love I love TV movies and all stories that go viral they're always good you know so the first thing i want to discuss is malcolm and marie please tell me y'all saw this toxic yeah i have not i have not i have not yet seen it but i know about oh my gosh i need to watch this but uh I've, i've i'm not gonna lie i've seen clips and I've been trying to get to it, and I just haven't. Okay. Well, so let me just give you a little synopsis, right? Um, Malcolm, and Marie, Malcolm and Marie is a Netflix movie. Um, but Netflix, you know, as we know, Netflix is big time. You know, you get on Netflix, you you might as well be in the movies. You know, it's a it's a step under being in, in on big screen. So it's a Netflix movie, and it stars Zendaya. Then Zendaya, 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 that, that girl, uh huh, and uh, um, uh, yeah, oh, I can't remember his name, Mr. Washington. I just David. know it. David, there he is, David, David. John. that's right, Mr. Washington. Uh, no, I'm sorry, John David, John that's David it, that's his real name. It wasn't David, it's John Will, it's John, John David, John David Washington, yes, um. And some of you may know that he's actually Denzel Washington's son. I appreciate the fact that he doesn't live in his daddy's shadow. He does his own thing. But if you pay attention, you can see Denzel Washington in his face and you can see, you can hear him in his voice. He tried real hard not to sound like him, but you can't help it. You just can't help it. It's in your DNA. He hot, too. I like him. But anyway, um, so basically, M- Malcolm and Marie are a couple and they are in a fight. And we get to watch this fight go down in a very, very toxic way. This 
movie is a meltdown in a relationship, baby. And we ain't all been there. If you had a real relationship, we been there. Now, I don't know if you've been there this deep because this was some deep shit. I was like, whoa, okay. This movie, now, if you are the type of person who needs action in their movie, this is probably not for you. All right. But if you're some t- if you're the type of person who appreciates um, if you have a director who's an artist. Right. This director is an artist. Right. I mean, the way they shot the movie, the choices they made on on, you know, the camera position and and it's all black and white, like even down to the music selection for the for the um, for the uh, what, what is it? They don't have them anymore. They used to sell the soundtrack. The soundtrack, baby. Ooh, I miss soundtracks. But even down to the music on the soundtrack, it's everything can be talked about and discussed at to the fullest. Okay, like this person really put a lot of thought into it. Um, and the conversation—it's all one. Sh- it's not one shot. But well, it's shot like one shot. I'm pretty sure they didn't shoot the whole thing. You know. Um, in one shot but it's all in one location it's in their house that they live in and um they never leave the house and it's all dialogue dense dialogue from the start of the movie to the finish of the movie it's all dialogue you really have to pay attention and so um I know, Bun, in fact you haven't had a chance to really watch the movie but we still want to kind of get how you feel about certain things um, that uh, me and the fave are going to kind of discuss here. So um, one of the things that people have an issue with, uh, a lot of critics have problems with, they were discussing the film industry in this movie. Like, what did you think about the, the decision to talk about film, the film industry in a film, fave? Like, what did you think about that? Cause he was going hard. Mind you in the movie, his character, Malcolm, is a film director. So he's credible. His character is credible to have an opinion about the film industry because he's a director in this movie. Okay, now answer the question. Go ahead. I think it's it was quite interesting because it, it steps away from like the stereotypical stuff we always hear about. We always hear about music. We always hear about, you know, you know, daily jobs and stuff like that. So just to see you know what because uh, it sounds like that the director is a creative mm-hmm. and you know with them being in the film industry it gives a glimpse into like you know some of the struggles that directors have because mm-hmm. we, forget, we forget that directors are artists too because mm-hmm. it takes a lot of talent and you know yeah. determination to bring something into a body of art that everybody would enjoy you know something similar to like you know a, a music artist or a painter mm-hmm. or anything like that so I liked it. I, I thought I thought it was really neat that he that this, you know, the writers and the director of this film actually decided to do that. It's, you know, you're right. You know, they're artists, too. And maybe this dialogue kind of sheds some light on the film industry and um, what it's like to kind of, you know, go that route. You know, I understand that, you know, some people in the industry may not have liked it, you know, maybe even some critics, you know, movie critics, they didn't like it, you know, but I thought it was interesting for someone who's not in the film industry to kind of hear that side of it. I mean, we always see the movie magic, right? We see the end product, whether we like it or not, you know, we see the end product. We, we don't really know how much work is put into it or 
the ins and outs of being a film director, you know, the the positives or the negatives, the pros or the cons or, you know, the the foolery you got to go through, which anything you do is going to have pros and cons, you know, positives and negatives. So it was really, you know, refreshing. Well, I don't know if refreshing is the word, but it was really interesting to kind of hear, you know, what it's like to kind of be in that film industry, right? Yeah, it was an eye-opener. It was an eye-opener. I mean, he was going hard, too. He was going hard, right? Now, Zendaya was going kind of hard, too, now, because let's not forget, um, in the movie, she portrays as a, as a model. Right. Or like an actress or something like that, one or the other, but she, she was an actress, right. Yeah, she went through trials and tribulations. I ain't gonna say what because you know we got Bunny and Facts. They ain't seen the movie yet, so but you know she was going through some stuff too. Absolutely. Um. So aside from that piece of the movie, um, <clears throat> what I think the entire movie kind of boiled down to, because you know I want to move on to the next viral situation. Um, I think the entire movie boiled down to um, feeling unappreciated, right, in a relationship. I mean, this entire fight was about feeling unappreciated. One person didn't know. The other person felt unappreciated. And, And when someone feels unappreciated in a relationship, I mean... That is the worst feeling in the world. You know, you can do for everybody else, but you can't do for me. You know, and I'm expected or, you know, in some way, you know, you expect me to show you all this love the way that you need me to show you love, by the way. Right. Um, I'm a big fan of like the love languages. Right. I believe that if you know your love language, you know, you should also want to know your partner's love language because we all receive love in different ways, right? Um, Zendaya comes off kind of emotional and kind of crazy in this movie a little bit. But then when you really just listen to what she's saying, you like, dang, you know, she's not half wrong, right? Um, not that Malcolm is all the way wrong either, but I know what it's like to be unappreciated in a relationship. So I got it. I got the big picture. Did you get the big picture? I did because I know what it's like to feel unappreciated in a relationship. It's not the best feeling in the world. It's not. So I just want y'all to take the time to kind of, um, you know, we don't have all the time to kind of discuss Malcolm and and, and Rhea or any of these um, viral stories kind of, you know, in depth, but I just really want y'all to take the time to watch Malcolm and Marie. If you're the type of person who appreciates film art um, and not just like shoot them, you know, beat them up movies. um, This is definitely not an action movie. Like don't watch it. If you need like blood and and, and bullets. Okay. Plus support, support Zendaya and John David because they actually helped produce it too and just imagine all that they did during the pandemic when we were supposed to be in quarantine that's mm-hmm. a lot mm. yeah. I mean anyway. I thought it was great you know and to put my two cents on it you know you, you ladies were saying how you feel uh, when you're not appreciating a relationship the same goes just for when you're a guy I've been in a relationship where I wasn't appreciated and mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's not a good feeling but you know to to put put uh something out there about the movie that or you know, at least about the actor and the actress in the movie that most people what? don't know John David Washington and Zendaya are actually dating 
Mm-hmm. What really? Yep. Uh, and it was like it was a big deal because people were talking about, oh, he's so old for her. She's so young. Mm-hmm. This, that, and the third. And she was like, and one thing she's like, I'm grown. Because and the thing about it, people were still tripping over it because they some people still see her as you know the Disney Channel Zendaya or you know Spider Man playing Mary Jane or MJ. So you know for her to transition to you know something that's a lot more of an adult role, you know. Yeah, that's always the case with you know child stars and stuff like that. That's that's gonna be an issue for her. She might as well get used to it. And good luck. Um, but I want to move on to the next one. So the next movie I want to talk about is this movie. Um, I I don't know if it's a Netflix original. Um, but I know I saw it on Netflix. I think it is. It mm-hmm. might be. It's called I Care a Lot. Have you guys heard about this? No. Really? So I care a lot at the time when I saw it, which was uh, the other day, was number one on Netflix's uh, top 10 list, right? Usually it's, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's really hard to get on that list. And usually that list is pretty accurate because half the stuff on that list be really good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like for real. Now, I know everything for, ain't for everybody. You know, the list just basically tells you, um, these particular uh, titles are being watched all over the world. These are top 10 or maybe possibly in that country, right? These are the top 10 things that are being watched. Um, I care a lot was number one. Okay. So I care a lot is basically about um, a woman who is a professional caretaker for senior citizens. And um, she works with a company um, and they are scamming people, these senior citizens, out of everything. So they're, they literally find the richest senior citizens and they turn their lives upside down and they take everything. This movie, you guys, like for real, it is a really good movie. I mean, we all get you know, we all get there one day to the point where we may or may not be able to take care of ourselves. Um, so something like this is a real, I think it's important for people to see because I'm a believer in caretakers. You know, I believe that you don't want to leave your loved ones to suffer, right? You don't want to leave them to suffer, but at the same time, you also want to continue living your life while you're taking care of them. And sometimes for mental health reasons, for physical health reasons, for all types of reasons, you know, you need a little help. And I believe in caretakers, you know what I'm saying? But if you don't watch your caretakers, baby, they will take over. You know, some of them, that's not to say that everybody in that industry is a criminal, but there are a lot of criminals. You know, we've seen videos, you know, back in the day and, and it's still happening today where caretakers will abuse these you know, people that they're taking care of because, you know, they can get away with it. Well, just the same as people who are abusing these people, you got people who are literally stealing from them. I mean, living a good life too. So this movie is like huge right now. Um, and it is super good. H- how do y'all feel about caretakers and, you know, having your loved ones, you know, in senior living centers or, or whatnot? It just how do y'all feel about any of that? I think that 
See, this is why I, I, a lot of people say that they, you know, when they get to that golden years, they don't want to, uh, you know, be sent to a senior citizen, you know, living situation because it's a lot of a lot of shady stuff does happen like that. I mean, and it, and it's very high right now, especially with the pandemic going on. And you just got to be careful who you leave your loved one with and, you know, trusting people because not a lot of people are, you know, doing, you know, that type of job for the well-being, for the well-being of the person, you know, the elderly person with their best interests. They're just out there to be crooks and try to take advantage of them the best way that they can. I mean, I salute them because I'm like, it takes a special type of person, even if you're not taking care of Evely, you know, you might have someone that's like terminally ill or, you know, whatever the case may be. You know, it takes a special type of person to take on responsibility like that, especially for somebody you really don't know. But, I mean, I respect them. I never really been, I never been in an environment, well, it's like this. So, growing up, I never really seen people, like the the elders in my family being taken care by an official caretaker. It always been like a family member that <laughs> took the role of a caretaker. So, but I feel like even in that situation mm-hmm. too, you got to be careful yeah. with some family to take on their role because they'll be trying to take over too. Um, I would mm-hmm. say for me, like, absolutely, those people that who choose to do those jobs, um, for the most part, because I know like the work is is so overwhelming, like it literally takes from your own personal life. So, anybody that who decides, you know, like, hey. I'm going to dedicate a huge portion of my life to help somebody else, you know, live as long as they can. You know, I my hat is off to you. Um, at the same time, though, like, I feel like there's a lot of people that who get into fields like this and treat them just like a job. And when you do that, when you're in it for the money, like, that's when I feel like abuse steps in. You know, whether it's intentional or not, like, I feel like those people will lack on duties that are very important and essential to the patient. And in return, like things will happen. Um, So I just feel like when you decide to do something like that, like do it because you love to help people, you know, like never go into a a position like that looking for the money because Mm -hmm. Not, I mean, like, whole time, like, that's the position that doesn't pay well in the first place. You know what I'm saying? So, I really commend the people that who say, like, mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. what I want to dedicate my life to doing, knowing that this is not going to be, this is not the person that who's bringing the bacon in every every month or every week, however you get paid. You know what I'm saying? So, I really encourage people that who is, look, like, just looking for, like, an extra paycheck, this is not the job for you, boo. It's not. Move along. And I just feel like, you know, for anyone in that field, if they're caught being a criminal, I punish them. Seriously punish them. Because these people, you know, once you get to a certain age, Mm -hmm. a a certain time Mm -hmm. in your life, you know, you you almost a baby again. We all get there. And it's nothing to be ashamed yeah. of. 
you know, it, it, and and you want to be as sweet as possible because it's nothing like mm-hmm. having a full, robust life. And then one day it just ain't like that no more. You know, it don't feel good. And we should have sympathy and empathy and using that to your advantage to scam people and hurt them and you know it, it, i mean it's crazy it the the amount of unethical things that people can do and then go to sleep at night and be good with it it's astounding you know um if you ever get a chance really really check out that movie because i mean you will literally hate this person i'm not even joking <laughs> you will literally hate this person and it will definitely get you to thinking about what you got going on, you know, for loved ones in your family. So, you know, just check it out. You know, we're not here to, you know, make money off of anybody or, you know, we're not selling nobody or trying to, you know, get you to watch Netflix or whatever. The case. I don't care what you watch it on. You know, I'm just saying, you know, it's going viral for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I think it's more than just because it's entertaining. Right. I, I think there's a reason why this this movie is going viral. It, it is making people think about a lot of different things, you know. Um, hopefully, you know that field doesn't take a hit because people mad and they taking their loved ones out of senior homes and stuff like that. But just in general, you know, I, I think anybody, you know, who has parents, grandparents, or you know, just or just even if you don't have anybody that you may or may not have to take care of one day, look at it anyway. Because, I mean, we all got to get there. Just saying. Just saying. Um, but I want to move on to the next, the last viral. I want to touch on it really quickly. You know, one day when we look back, we're going to remember this story. I think everybody's going to remember this story because it was huge. It's still going on. You know, the momentum has died a little bit on it. But it is still going on. The Gorilla Glue Girl saga, honey. Oh, my gosh. I know. I know. And after we talk about this, we done. We ain't never got to talk about this again. (laughs) Now, for anybody who has been living with their head in the sand, honey, and you don't know what's going on, let me fill you in. Unfortunately, when you do things on the Internet, the Internet is undefeated. They will name you whatever they feel like naming you. And that's going to be stuck with you forever. Okay? Years down the line, when you old and gray, they still going to remember you for what you did in that one good meme. Okay? Just so you know. So, the internet has dubbed this woman Tessica Brown. Um, They have dubbed her as Gorilla Glue Girl. It's unfortunate she hates that name. Um... But Miss Brown was in a hurry one day. She needed her hair done. She ran out of hair product. So she used Gorilla Glue to hold down her very slick ponytail. And uh, it worked. Oh, the girl hair was laid. Don't get it twisted. She was laid. But she was so laid, it wasn't moving. It wasn't going nowhere. She couldn't comb it out. She couldn't wash it out. She it was just, it was a mess. And after a month or so, with her not being able to get it out herself, she went to the internet to seek help. She put on there what she did. You know, she she didn't know what else to do. At that point, she was desperate. 
And it was less about, you know, getting judgment and more about, please, somebody help me. Okay. The unfortunate part is once the internet gets a hold of something, they're going to take it and run with it the way they want to, not the way you intended it, you know, for it to be taken. So, Tessica Brown went through this series of events, unfortunate events. She went to the hospital. She tried to get help. Nothing worked. They gave her some, what was it, acetone, and she was burning her scalp half to death, trying to get this stuff, melt, melt this stuff off with acetone. It didn't work. You know, she was miserable. You could tell in her videos, she did an update video for every step she took, and the woman was miserable, Okay. Finally, this amazing yes. doctor, you know, who will go down in black history. He is the culture. He is the culture, honey. Yes. And he saved this woman. He had a background in chemistry. And he put together some situation, some magic juice or something. And he got he that girl went into surgery and came out with a head full of hair. We all thought she wasn't gonna have no scalp when he finished with this, okay? We really thought this girl was going to come out. Part of the saga, the interest in the saga was the fact that we just knew this girl was done. That she was never going to have hair ever again. Okay, you had people, celebrities who were supporting her. You had celebrity hairstylists who were, you know, willing to donate wigs to this woman. Because we just knew that this was a wrap. This was coming out of this bald-headed and scalpless, okay? But... <laughs> she did not. God had a better plan. He say she shall not be bald head because I'm going to bless her with this amazing <laughs> black doctor who going to put together this magic serum and he going to spray this on her head and it's just going to melt, melt away all that gorilla glue, honey. There was even a rumor that Miss Brown was trying to sue these people. She said in, a, uh, in an interview she did with E.T. that that was not true. Okay. Throughout this process, there was a GoFundMe set up. The woman had over twenty thousand dollars in this GoFundMe. Okay, and uh, it was—I'm pretty sure it was helpful because you know, sis had some hospital bills after that. But uh, the doctor actually did it pro bono because more than likely, it's going to go on his resume. He's going to be known as the most famous doctor in the world, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm pretty sure his prices mm -hmm. just went up. Okay. Because we all love him. He is our superhero right now. And um, he don't need her little bit a couple thousand. He don't need that. You know why? Because he going to get it from everybody else. Because mm -hmm. now we know that that man is not for the games. Okay? He is science. He is God-ish. He is God-ish. And he is science. He is where God and science meet. If you ever wonder if they ever connected and intertwined, it's him. Okay, so and he <laughs> has saved the world. He is black history at its finest. It was no mistake that this man did it in February. Mm -hmm. it, black his February is dedicated to Mr. Doctor. I wish I remembered his name. He's amazing. The point is, okay, Tesca Brown's saga still continues at this point. This has been going on forever. And Right now, she has issues with her GoFundMe pulling her money out. She, I think it was like $23,000. She wanted to take $20,000 out and donate it to the, one of the doctor's charities. And then she was going to take the $3,000 and kind of, you know, help some people that she knew was struggling. Because we're still going through the whole COVID thing. You know, we, we got a lot going on right now. People still struggling. Um, even though it's 2021, we just assumed that COVID and struggle was going to disappear at New Year's Eve. 
Uh, and it didn't. So she said she wanted to help people with that little extra $3,000. But unfortunately, GoFundMe is telling her, you know, hey, something wrong with this account. We don't like it. We're going to hold this money until we figure out what's going on. So that's the latest with the Gorilla Glue Girl. Um, I have some opinions about it. We're going to run through these opinions real quick about her. And then we're going to call it a week, okay? So y'all can hear from us next week. What do y'all think about Miss Tessica Brown? What do you think about the situation? How y'all feeling about this? I, I know I'm kind of over it, but, you know, this will be the last time we talk about it. Go on. I feel like, first of all, I don't... Uh, <laughs> I feel I like ain't nowhere in the world that you in that much of a hurry that you about to use Gorilla Girl in your head. I just don't understand it. I now... Granted, <laughs> now granted, if she would have said she got, got to be stuff, because there is like a hair stuff that I don't know if it's called Gorilla Glue, I forgot what it's called, that you use got to be, you know, <laughs> all because you ran out of got to be, you decide that Gorilla Glue, you was got to be, you was going to be out for a few minutes and you could wash it out. No, there in the, I just, I, I just don't see it. You couldn't throw on a hat, sis. You couldn't throw on no scarf on your head. Like, and then also too, you I wouldn't have waited no month, you know, try to seek for some help. You know, I would have waited after the, at least the first, not even the first two days when I could, knew I couldn't wash it out. And then my third thing, I'll be done with her because I'm I'm over it too now. That you know she she didn't do it. I I wholeheartedly believe she didn't do it for the fame. But you gotta you gotta realize you can't be too upset when anything goes viral. It's liable to be it's liable to be critiqued for the good, the bad, the ugly, you know. So you can't really get mad, you know, that you got named Gorilla Glue um, Girl. Cause I mean, who would ever think to put Gorilla Glue in their head? Like, <laughs> I agree. She didn't do it for fame. How you thinking I mean, about it, but you just have to remember that it's a lot of people out here that ain't got common sense, you know, and she just one of them, you know, trying to just Ooh, child, bless us, bless mm. us, though. Bless mm -hmm. us, though. I'm glad that she was able to um, regain her scalp because I've been there before. You know, I had a hair incident that took out a good portion of my scalp, and um, but I had to have corrective surgery to fix that stuff. So, like, I know what she's going through. I know what she was going through. You know, thinking about like her hair, her scalp, all that stuff. You know, so I'm just happy that you know she found a remedy. Um, and she can get back to life. Now, let's say a little silent prayer. Prayer for her ass and hope that she don't get into nothing else stupid. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> but I definitely don't feel like it was done, you know, for followers like some other people <laughs> out here on the internet. I feel like that was just a genuine mistake um, that required just a little bit more thought to avoid. So, that's facts where you at on it well I'm not you know I don't fully understand the a lot that, you know black women <laughs> go to, to you know take care and protect their hair but you know a lot but uh, I, I will say this to wrap it up the fact that uh, the fact that you know she was able to you know she was able to retain her hair after everything um, I just say like that all real. is well that right. ends well, and I feel her pain. I felt her pain. She went like, through a trauma. I, I, I would say that that is I a trauma. 
what that felt like. So more power to her that she had this black doctor step in and work his black magic, you know? Okay. Black excellence at its finest. Absolutely. I And I just want to dig a little bit deeper because it's clear that, you know, she made a bad call. I'm I'm agreeing with you guys. I don't think she did it for fame. I think she just did something totally stupid. And we've all had stupid moments. They weren't, I don't, you know, think it was so stupid that we, you know, <laughs> and endangered ourselves, you know, the way that she did. Um, but I mean, we do stupid stuff every day. You know, we drink and drive, and you know, we endanger our lives all the time. So I mean, yeah, you know, this was kind of an unnecessary thing, but, you know, she made a bad call. A lot of us make a bad call. You know, we have raw sex and shouldn't, you know what I mean? Like, people out here burning and don't know it, and then they go and and, and burn somebody they in love with because they just didn't know they had it. I mean, we all make really bad calls. You know, can we really blame this woman for making a bad call? We can snicker at it you know we can giggle about it and you know we can just say oh she's stupid but yeah she is is she any more stupid than the rest of us really no not really she made a really bad call and i mean it was a little it seemed a little silly it you know something Mm -hmm. silly that turned into something serious but you know she's no stupider than the rest of us to be honest you know um but i will say this also i want to say now, I don't know Ms. Brown personally, so th- this is not my personal uh, opinion about her. This is my opinion about people um, who put so much into their looks. You know what I mean? At, at some point, there are people out there where it was instilled in them somehow by somebody that looking, import- looking good was more important than being healthy it was it's more important than anything you know saving money because there are people out there that look real good on the outside and and they ain't got a lick of food on the inside at the at the crib it's people out there who hair and nails and eyelashes and toes match and they shoes match they they belly button and they earrings dangle and it's connected to their ring and their belly button is i mean they were looking real good. The baddest purses, the baddest shoes, their car is shiny and it is foreign. All these people look good and because they were taught that looking good was important, but ain't got no health insurance, ain't got no life insurance, don't have no savings. I mean, at some point, somebody taught these people that looking good was more important than having common sense. And it happens all the time all the time maybe not with glue but it happens all the time i believe it's a pathology from people who who believe that beauty is your only worth in this world i was never taught that my worth came from what my hair looked like you know that i couldn't walk outside without makeup or that I couldn't walk outside with without my hair being in place or any of it's nothing wrong with having pride in what you look like but at some point pride can become very toxic 
very, very, very toxic. And honey, if it was too much for, you know, again, just using her as an example, if it's too much for you to throw on the hat and go on and do what you got to do, I mean, you should really look at yourself. There's some therapy needed here. Because even if you watch that E.T. interview and the the interviewer, you know, she's asking Miss Brown, hey, what did you learn from this situation? And Miss Brown said to not use goo in your hair. But I don't think you get it, sis, because the interviewer was trying to get her to understand that beauty is not that important. And I think that even people who were watching this saga you know, and kind of making fun of her and whatnot. I don't think they get it either. Are you one of those people that's teaching your kid that what you look like is more important than common sense? Are you one of those people? You know what I'm saying? Or are you teaching them that the value of who they are is on the inside? And if anybody don't want to deal with you because you, you might have a bad hair day, or your nail, one of your nails popped off and you ain't, you know, you don't have the money to go to like the shop. You know, you got people out here having sex to get their nails done. I mean, really? Mm. I, no, seriously. I mean, how low is our self-esteem that we have to grab a can of glue so we can look good for two hours, three hours? How low is our self-esteem? What did our parents... See, at that point, had I been her mother, and this is not an opinion on her mother, I don't want nobody coming after mahogany locks, okay? I'm just simply mm-hmm. saying, if that were me and my daughter, I would question myself, what did I do? What about what I taught my daughter got her thinking mm-hmm. that she got to put... She got to look so good that she got to put glue in her hair. What did I do wrong? Where did I go wrong? What did not teach her? What 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 yes. did not instill in her? And this is not just about yes. girls. Got Don't get it twisted. It's some real toxic men out there too. Properly. Well, you got shit stains on your drawers, and we see them because you're sagging. <laughs> Period. Oh yeah. my gosh. You see what I'm saying? And, and and even if we don't go the hygiene route, right? You look so good, but you yeah, ain't held play. down a job, a consistent job for six months. Oops. But you look good, though. Look, or look good, but can't, but baby, can't you come afford no bus fare to come see okay. that girl. Or <laughs> I stay fresh. I keep, I, I stay clean. You know. Period. Right. Or, or <laughs> can I come over your house sometime? Or your grandma. Oh, you live with your parents. <laughs> Got it. Or, babe, you got something, or you got something to, so until my food stamps hit. I mean, come on. Come on. I can't even come to your house and spend the night because I got to respect the fact that, you know, <laughs> you don't live by yourself. You 39 years old, <laughs> staying at the crib, you know, because you can save all your money and buy your very, very expensive jeans. You look good, though. You all fat. And to clear this up, this not for all men, because mm-hmm. every... It's not, and it's not, the it's not for all men and women, because, you know, dusty. life situations bring you no, to we stuff like about this. Yeah, what yeah. we talking about, we talking about what, <laughs> when you ain't got... Just in general, the ones who... Because, because it's not just girls who find, who are taught in some way 
you know, I, and I don't think there are parents who are like literally sitting their kids down going, hey, you know, always stay beautiful. Never be ugly. You can't go outside without being beautiful. I think there are little things that we do, little seeds that we plant and these seeds just grow and grow and grow, right? And, and at some point, those, those um, standards of beauty you know, make sure you always keep your hair done. Make sure, you know, you never walk outside without, you know, you got to look good. You know, stay clean, stay cut, stay this, stay that. You know, it at some point, this person feels like I'm a nobody unless I look a certain type of way. What are we teaching our kids? What are we doing? And and, and I'm not even just going to say parents because it's hard being a parent. Don't nobody, I don't have no kids, but I, I, I understand. I watch my mom and daddy. You know what I'm saying? I pay close attention. You know, I watch my friends. Being a parent is hard, so you don't get everything right. But I'm just simply saying, you know, if you have the chance to be a good friend or be a good mentor, help these parents out. Teach them that self-esteem come from within, honey. It don't come from what you look like. Because let me tell you something. I've been a natural for a real long time. It's been a long time since I had a slick anything on top of my crown. Mm-hmm. And I never Thanks. ever had a problem with meeting a man. And that's the honest to God truth. Mm. And I know a lot of people say, oh, it ain't about meeting somebody. It's it's about, you know, loving yourself. And you- baby, if you was in the world by if you was on an island by yourself, you got stuck there. Are you really? Getting up every day and slicking your baby edges down every day. Who are you getting dressed up for, sis? Mm. 